You are now listening to the Verify Phenoms podcast. In this show, we speak with individuals who have come from all walks of life and have overcome the mental limitations of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and overthinking. Get your notebook ready and stay tuned to learn how you can win your mental battles and become a verifying phenom as well. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Verified Phenoms. Sean, Sean, happy Saturday, happy Saturday. How are you doing today? I'm good, Philip. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm, uh, I'm excited to, uh, to have a chat. Thank you, thank you. I first want to just congratulate you on the success that you've been having. One, the, the discipline and consistency that you've had over so many years um, with being able to just stay consistent. I saw that you have lost a lot of weight and you really got dialed in with your fitness and just health journey. But I also saw even most recently that you celebrated 20 years as a volunteer firefighter. Is that correct? Yes, uh, it, it definitely has come with its struggle. So, uh, you know, let's, let's put that in there. But uh, 20 years on the fire department and, and yeah, all the 100 pounds lost and kind of everything I've been working on. It's been, it's been an interesting few years. I, I really want to ask you about that. So about two, two years, two years ago, I actually got accepted into the fire academy and I was going to be a full time firefighter. But I ended up passing up on the opportunity because there was a slight conflict with the fire academy and something else I had going on. So being a volunteer firefighter is actually something that I still want to do. So what advice would you give somebody that's interested in being a volunteer firefighter? Um, Well, I guess the biggest thing is find out what your local county or municipality has for that service because everywhere is going to be different um, i'm from canada so similarities but differences between canada and the u.s i've done lots of courses in in both areas and um, the biggest thing is just find out what what is available near you and just express interest you know show if it's small small town it might not be as thorough as an application package as something somewhere busier more more urban so uh find out what's what's available and just just apply let them know and um just see what what it is they they want you to do it's uh um just just that that interest level and being involved and the the volunteering and and making yourself available is is probably the biggest step Mm, okay okay if you i don't know if you can but what are some of those uh, most interesting stories it's been 20 years so i'm pretty sure you've experienced something <laughs> that's that's a little out there can you can you share like just one story that's really memorable to you over the two decades that you've been a volunteer firefighter um i i can there's it, it, try to be careful as much because you know there's a lot of stuff that you see and do in that in that uh first responder world that and not everybody can can handle or or know how to to take that information so you know without getting into any kind of detail i think the biggest thing is just what people have been doing leading up to say a car accident you know there's some been some crazy things people have been without getting into super detail but you know yeah. someone doing something to themselves uh while they're driving and then end up in an accident and passed out and, Mm-hmm. You come along to the the accident and see you know things that 
they probably weren't prepared to have you see and then just different mm-hmm. different things people driving by and and their own distractions and you're kind of worried about yourself while other people might be you know not wearing clothes or whatever while they're driving by it's it's probably one of the the standouts mm-hmm. when i was going through the process of applying going through the tests and all things of that nature to become a firefighter. One thing that they constantly asked me was, do you perform well under pressure? And that was something that they also asked my preferences. And I'm pretty sure that is within your experience, you notice that you have to be a person to perform well under pressure. Pivoting away slightly from like the firefighter conversation, but just being able to handle pressure, because I know you can do that. <laughs> Considering that you've been within this field for so long, did you have to already be able to, well, actually, maybe still around it, but just pivoting a little bit. Were you already good with handling pressure prior coming to the fire academy or uh, the fire department? Um, I think I had an advantage because my, my father was on the volunteer department at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up, there was different training exercises that my brothers and I would, would help with. We'd pretend to be patients and they would you know, go through whatever the the scenario was. So I had an idea um, getting into it, but as I developed into it, um, that's something that that you can learn. You don't, you're not born with that, you know, thinking under pressure skill. You know, the more you do something, no matter what it is, the easier it might become. So it's, it's really about decision-making and training. You know, if you don't know how to do something, you're going to have a hard time doing it quickly and without thinking. So the more you train, the more you learn, the easier it is to do things quickly because you'll have a concept of, you know, what it is you might do in that environment. So like for firefighting, it was as we would train to do certain things and and whatever the incident was, the more I was on, the longer I was on, um, the more comfortable I got, the quicker I could decide safely what to do and not to do. Mm. Okay. Okay. Is it can definitely be a skill that can be learned. That's uh, I like that. I really do. I I noticed. So I've I've worked in television for a couple of years, well, a little over a decade at this point. And in my in my experience, live television can be a lot of pressure because you don't want to mess up with thousands and thousands of people watching, right? And you have to be able to make decisions in a split second. You know, a camera goes down, something happens on TV. You have to figure out within really the next three seconds how you're going to clean up this entire act uh, in order to make sure that nothing really hits the fan. As you continue to progress within your career overall, how are you finding that you're using those decision-making skills to just continue your self-development and your personal development? Um, I think the biggest thing is whether we're talking firefighting, television, or whatever it is, you know, we're, we're headed towards and working on, I've always been one to have a plan B, C, and D. Um, you know, while I was working on being a volunteer firefighter, I had started an electrical apprenticeship. Uh, at the time it was that I thought I wanted to do full-time firefighting and what best could I do to get myself there? Uh, I had already spent time uh, getting a law and security diploma college, 
was working at a group home. So I had, you know, that plan, whether whatever sequence of letter it was, it was, I was working at a group home. I was on the volunteer fire department and I started an electrical apprenticeship. So kind of throughout my whole life, I've always had plan B, C and D the things in the background and, and just constantly as, as time goes, just building on each of them individually. And then if something happened with, with one or the other, uh, I had something kind of in the background that, that I could fall back on if I needed to, because as we work on ourselves, there's no real guarantee that we're going to get anywhere. Um, you know, if we're consistent, then we'll be, we'll have a better chance of it. But, you know, the more options we maintain, the the better chance we have that, that one of those things will take off. Um, I didn't choose to pursue the full-time firefighting bit, but, you know, I went through all the training. I've got all my credentials and I'm, I'm a trainer as well now. And while I could still pursue it, I've chosen to, you know, pursue other things and, and focus more of that on other things. Mm-hmm. Being able to stay consistent is definitely what will eventually get you there. You've shown that you've been consistent in many aspects of your life. Um, one, shout out to you with your your journaling, which eventually led to a book. So I, I would love to to touch on that for a moment because some people say they want to start journaling and maybe they journal for an entire week and then they fall off. But you journal so consistently to the point that it turned into your first book. So how did you build the consistency in order to do that every single day? Uh, well, that was a, that was a transition for me. And like, I was never that type, you know, the firefighting being on as long, it was 16, 17 years when I first started this, this part of my journey. And I was an electrician, apprentice, apprentice, electrician, and those construction and firefighting violent, uh, environments being dominantly masculine, like there's a lot of my circles that like, you just can't talk about that stuff, right? And maybe more so now and mm-hmm. and like the more confident we individually get, but like I didn't feel like I could talk about journaling. I could talk about vulnerability. I could talk about, you know, the feeling that I had or just saying the word feelings around some of these people. So when I was feeling down and I was 320 pounds and just, just mentally, physically miserable, I found journaling was the only place that I could go to. And I was hiding it. Like I, my wife knew, but I wasn't telling anybody cause I didn't want to hear about it, but it was the only place I could mm-hmm. go and I could outlet to myself to kind of organize thoughts. You know, I could put stuff down, I could write whatever I wanted and it, I didn't have to try and justify the feeling or justify the thought. And at first it was just a place for me to beat myself up. But then as as I kind of set some goals without really knowing they were goals, um, going into dry January of 2021, it was like, I'm gonna do this for 30 days. And I, and I wrote this in the journal. and. As, as the, the months progressed and I opened up to new things like listening to self-help and development podcasts and those books and audiobooks and just ma- making the most use of an hour-long commute to and from work to, to absorb as much of that content um, and learning about habits and restructuring habits and routines, uh, I started to keep this in the journal and, and organize these thoughts and, and write down what was working and not working and how I felt. And resetting new goals dry january became february became 100 days became all of 2021 and it was the journal throughout that 
I maintained because I didn't want to forget about these things. I didn't want to lose mm -hmm. the things I was learning, the things I was feeling because, and not because I intended to put a book out, but because I really wanted it to work this time. I really, I've tried over the years, different resolutions in, in January and nothing stuck. It was quickly let go, but for, I just needed it. And I, I needed to do something that I, I had never done before. And it was in that, that confidence that I continued the journal. Getting through about the end of 2021, um, a friend had asked me, who was like, you know, how's it going? I said, oh, I could write a book. And it was just an expression about all the things that I had gone through that year. You know, I was in my friend's wedding and he kept telling me I had to drink at his wedding and um, uh, about like removing alcohol and, uh, and not wanting to go back to that yet it was like um the end of 2021 where i took that journal and said you know this is something that i could have used when i got started and really decided that i could be vulnerable and i could be open and i could share what i went through for the sake of who i used to be and anybody else that might relate um and just just about journaling in the beginning it wasn't that i did it every day i didn't do it every week like that is a lot of pressure and that I think a lot of why people that decide they want to start journaling don't continue is because you forget to do it and then you get you don't get back to it and it's been a week a month a couple months and it's just that thing you tried once but not every day do you have to do it you can you can do it every week you can do it when you feel something you can do it when you don't want to miss on a moment you can do it when you've learned like journaling really can be anything you want it to be That's real. That's important. That is true, though. Uh, a lot of people do try to do the everyday journaling or 30-day challenge, and it ends up being a lie, and they end up burning themselves out. So you were doing it based on how you felt or when you felt inspired to write something, right? Yeah, when I how felt inspired finding... or when I felt miserable or upset. Okay. How are you finding the, the time throughout the day? Or how did you make the time? Because sometimes people, they know they want to write something in their journal. They know they want to do it, even if they're not doing it every day. Maybe it's just once a week. But they're still not finding time because they have a jam-packed schedule. Let's just say nine to five and they're doing something afterwards. They have a family. How are you still making time to, to be able to journal? And how long were you journaling when you did? Was it 30 minutes, an hour? How long were you journaling? Sometimes it was you know, two minutes, just a quick, you know, uh, paragraph, something I didn't want to miss. Other times, if I had time, it was, you know, maybe it was a, an hour, maybe it was a real vent session where I had all these things I was, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, upset about that I just needed to, to put down on paper, needed to just get it out of my head in a place that, you know, I didn't have to explain it. And um, there's a lot of pressure in, in the wellness and development space to come up with this perfect, you know, morning and afternoon and evening routine, you know, when, when we're starting this stuff out and we're following some of the, these, the people that, that have the, you know, they're at the peak, we'll say, you know, if they're going to the smoothie and exercise and read and journal and do all this stuff before they do anything in the morning, that's probably not going to fit where you're at when you start, like definitely not. So where I found the time was not to, to all of a sudden have the pressure of I'm going to journal now, but I'm going to do it 
three o'clock in the morning every day, or I'm going to do it at whatever time. I fit it in where I needed to. I fit it in if it was the morning and I woke up and had a dream or I had something I didn't want to forget. You know, I would take a minute and just jot it down. And um, I have a cupboard that I keep, you know, all my typical deodorant and all those things. Like it's my space. I I put it in there because I'm in there all the time. So it's there when I needed it. It's it's in a handy location in the house where like I can get it um, without having to look for it. But it was maybe the morning. It was it was if I was home on a weekend, it might have been, you know, it might be after this conversation. You know, I don't wanna I don't wanna miss something. It might be while I'm watching something in the evening and, and I and I have a thought. It's it it was wherever I needed it to be, um, for however long I felt I needed it. I, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself to maintain it because I just didn't wanna reg- um uh hate doing it. You know, I didn't want it to feel like it was a job or something that I had to do, even though, and, and if we set our non-negotiable goal, you've heard the non-negotiables, uh, that's a lot of pressure. You know, that could be something we despise later. So I didn't want to make it that. I wanted it to make it somewhere that I enjoyed. And I just had to fit it in, like wherever I wherever I could. Mm-hmm. That is something that I think a lot of us can can take it with us and run. That I was actually having a conversation with my best friend's little brother recently, maybe well, recently, like a month ago. And I was telling him to keep ironically, I don't even think it's with the name right now. <laughs> I can't I can't find one, but it's like a little journal that's probably maybe like this big. Something that you can put in your pocket. Something that he can for sure put in his book bag. And I was just like, you know what? Just keep this on you. And anytime you have any type of idea, write it down. Because he is always forgetting something. And we all forget stuff. Let's just be honest. We all forget. We're all vulnerable mm-hmm. to forgetting any type of information, idea, anything we have. But just having something to be able to document that process and get it out of your head. Really. Get it out of your head. Put it down. Just like, you know what? It's out there in the world and I can move on. It's so beneficial for our our mental health and also I think in a way our physical well-being. Because when we have so much stuck in our head, it almost gives us like, you know, have you ever heard of uh, analysis for analysis? I'm mm. you listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and read a lot of books. I'm pretty okay, cool. I'm sure you have. Right. So it's almost like physically even stops us from taking action. So it's yeah. it's really, really important to be able to have that piece of notebook or whatever it is something portable, really, not just like an entire binder, something that you can really take. Now, something I did hear you also touch on um, was, or actually, before we get to that, because you, you, you spoke on uh, Drive November, and then you, you said you can't drive everywhere. But before that, your book, your journal ended up becoming a book, and you said you mm-hmm. didn't plan on it being that so what was the transition from all your thoughts that were vulnerable to you and only your wife knew about and you didn't even want to tell anybody that you were journaling how did that end up transitioning to a book that's now published so so that um and actually just quickly um the notebook and the journaling most people nowadays have a phone 
And if it's not something like you need to have a structured book where you, you have the date and you have the dear journal, whatever, however you write it, you can have that phone. You can come out the notes app. You don't even have to write it. You can just hit the microphone and talk into it. And then it keeps your thought. So just if someone's thinking like, I want to do this, that's also a very easy uh, option. So the book, when I, when I came out with the journal, I wasn't talking to anybody. I was working through some stuff and, and I set some rules for myself. Um, it was just, I, it came to me that if I was going to not drink, um, which was the base of, of change for me in the beginning, um, I was going to need some structure. So when I came up with, you know, have fun, be involved, um, whatever I decided I needed as a structure. And, and I wrote these things down. Like I started to get more and more comfortable with, with sharing certain things as more people around me started to, you know, if I figure out that I meant it or that I was just going to be this person now or whatever. So as the year went on and I became more comfortable and more people were new, I started having other people that had similar thoughts. They were, they were maybe wanting to start themselves. They were, you know, shy about saying anything because of the same reasons I was. So I had people giving me like, you know, questions, asking me questions, giving me like, you know, praise, if you will, just to say you're doing great. And, and, it was more when they said they felt inspired that I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't unique to me. This is what I'm going through. And the recipe might be unique, but a lot of the ingredients are the same, right? A lot of the, the stuff that that makes up the situation I'm in is stuff we're all dealing with. So when I found more confidence in that recipe, if you will, then I found more confidence in sharing it with people. And and when that friend of mine asked me at the, at, you know, about the, the October mark of the year I was, you know, my, my recent goal was the year. It was like, I really found, and it took me a bit to process, but I, I really found the confidence in taking what I had written for me and creating it in, in a format that I could share with a reader that would, would have, would understand you know, the moment I was in uh, the situation I was talking about um, for the benefit of just sharing that other people go through the same things. We're going to get back to the show in just a second. But in the middle of your journey to create, innovate and lead, you probably found yourself facing challenges of creative blocks or stuck in the cycle of overthinking. Here's the thing. You aren't the only one experiencing this. So why should you go through this journey alone? What if there was a community of like-minded individuals all striving towards success, ready to support, motivate, and hold you accountable? Well, I have the solution for you. A place where ambition meets action, where your dreams get a roadmap, and where every single stride gets celebrated. We're more than just an online community. We're a collective of creators, freelancers, and entrepreneurs who believe in the power of togetherness to overcome obstacles and achieve greatness. Joining this online private community means that you're not just setting your goals, but also taking decisive steps towards them. With the community ready to cheer you on with every step of the way, it's about consistent progress, shared learning, and the taste of achievement. If you're ready to elevate your journey, to transform your ambitions into achievements, and be part of a collective that believes, then achieves, visit VerifiedPhenom.com to take action today. That's VerifiedPhenom.com. I was just telling somebody recently something very similar to that, how we all are experiencing something very similar or if not the same thing, but just a different perspective, right? Like you said, is 
all kind of the same ingredients, but you always just cook it up a little bit, you know, or bake it up a little bit differently. Yeah. And a lot of times people need to hear the story from your perspective to be inspired to take change. Because as I'm pretty sure you've also noticed, if you read a whole lot of self-development books, you listen to a whole lot of self-development podcasts and all the things of that nature, a lot of them say the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they say the same thing. It's just a different person, a different tone of voice, and maybe one or two things that they did different. But for some reason, we've all heard one person that it just clicked for us. And you were that person and will continue to be that person for a lot of people. And what I've also uh, had a chance to see was now you branched out a little bit more. And instead of just doing your book, you're doing content creation about everything that you believe in. Is is yeah. it, that's correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it's the extension to, to the growth that I've had and, and, uh, what I'm trying to, to share. How has that been for you? Because a lot of times people, the book is scary, right? Putting, putting a book out can be a, a scary journey, but for some reason, putting content creation out seems a little bit more vulnerable. Maybe in my opinion, because it's a lot more, it's a lot more instant. People see it a lot more instantly than they can go through a 200-page book. You can instantly get a comment on something, whether or not somebody likes it or not, is like within 30 seconds of you posting on social media. So how was you know that mental journey for you for like, okay, yeah, I have a book, but now it's going to be a little bit more you know deeper. I'm going to do a little bit more consistently with putting the content creation on YouTube. It's, it is a journey uh, in its own. Um, you know, a lot of, I had a lot of self doubt. I had a lot of, of, you know, uh, imposter syndrome and, and then a lot of feelings that like, what makes me qualified or what, what says I can talk about this stuff. And, and all of that weighed heavy, even before I created my first video and before, you know, I was confident in putting the book out and, and you're right. All of the, a lot of the people that have, have done things personally, professionally, have done a lot of the same things and it, it is that that person that we can relate more to that we'll take the most from even if it's the same message or similar message as someone else um when i started and, and chose to put the book out it was like you know it was a lot for me mentally to come around that i wanted to bring people into that and and while i worked through it it was it was realizing like i said earlier about just knowing that a lot of people will relate. Like I was having people that I worked construction with that like would come out and like, these are like grown men, even older than I am that were like, you know, you, you need to keep doing this because like talking about their own inspiration or talking about someone they talked to and, and, and feeling like if they had that person that, that was like, Hey, I'm going to challenge where I'm used to being or who I thought I was as a person and and become something different that gives someone else that inspiration to do it and it was in that regard where i was like you know what if i put a video out and it sucks it should right away right i'm not gonna put it out with a lot of experience but then i'll learn from it and and someone might pick up from it or i'm gonna put out the next video a bit better and the third one a bit better and 
And I, I was on a podcast early on when I was talking more about the book by itself. And he's like, you know, what's, you know, just wondering what's up next. What, what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. I think I might try video, but I just, I don't know. And he's like, well, why don't you? <laughs> and I had all the, the self-doubt and imposter excuses. I was like, I don't know. I just don't know if anybody wants it. And, and he's like, just do it. Like, man, it's going to suck, but you'll get better. Do it. And it was just like a, a small push. And then like that first video, it was, I probably had recorded it six or seven times before I was like, I felt comfortable enough to put it out. And the first one was like ripping off the bandaid. And <laughs> by this, by the second one, maybe it was only two or three takes. And by the, you know, fourth and fifth and sixth video, it was like, you know, I could do one and put it out. And, and now like, I, I feel confident and just, I have a thought and I'll create a, you know, minute to three minute video or whatever it is. And, and I'll just post it and right away. And if, if, if people receive it, awesome if they don't okay well that, that didn't touch people i'll try again you're starting to get your co-workers come up to you friends family keep going at what point did you have like a mental switch in your mind that was like an aha moment i was like you know what this is where i'm supposed to be this is or at least this is the message that i'm supposed to be sharing with the world I think the biggest thing was that I'm doing these things for myself. I'm working on these things for myself. I'm reading the books. I'm, you know, working out. I'm setting these goals. And it's it's in the things I'm working on and the things I'm feeling that I'm sharing for who I used to be. And I'm not, even though I'll say you this and you that, I'm speaking to me in those videos. I'm speaking to who I am and who I used to be. And I'm not telling anybody to do anything that they, that they're not right. If there's some influence that that I can give talking to me, that's where I find confidence, and I don't feel like an imposter anymore because I'm not telling anybody to do anything that that they don't do or don't want to do. Right? It's up to us. Mm -hmm. Everything we see in here to pull what we can from it and to use what we want to from it. So while I talk to myself and what I share. Um, I found a lot of people that are, that are uh, feeling inspired by it. And, and like I said, I'm having people from like Burley construction men that are like, you know, this is amazing. Like I've done this, I've took a break from drinking or I've stopped altogether or I've, you know, started exercising. Uh, one was talking to me about, you know, started to bike ride and, and just changing their relationship with their family and their kids because they challenged who they used to be or who, you know, we work in different sectors and a lot of times that sector, whatever it is we do, you know, we feel like it, we have to be a certain way because we work that like I work construction. That means I have to be this, this, and this, but nobody tells you, you have to do that. It's just, you know, somewhere lingering unwritten somewhere, but you decide. And it was giving confidence for people around me that to, to tell them that, you know, I've decided and so can you that, that. I've been given some feedback that I felt more confident in continuing to share and continuing to, to, to grow. In what ways are you still working on yourself now? Um, well, I'm it's, it's never, it, once we realized to like, once I realized this was never, I'm never finished, you know, right. we don't, we don't finish this, this, this movement, if you will. Um, I'm just continuing 
learning really I'm, I'm continuing learning i'm continuing absorbing um anything i can learn about you know diet and health and you know where the food comes from if, if it's about what i'm eating or or you know how that exercise is going to affect me or or you know professionally taking more courses learning more about what i'm what i'm working on about talking to people about hosting about whatever just just continuing to learn and in that learning i am trying new things new exercises new meals new whatever it's it's if we don't know because we haven't learned it yet then we'll never know if it works or doesn't right so in my development i'm continuing to work on my my physical body my mental body and there's a lot i dealt with like my dad i talked about him being a volunteer firefighter he was a mechanic there was a lot of like old mentalities and i've i've called them generational traumas that i was handed down through you know those relationships and i was forwarding that to my family and my kids because that's what i thought was true so by challenging the person i used to be also gave me that confidence and that that learning to bring that home and do different things at home. Um, like one of my kids was, was starting to feel like extra anxious and, you know, we would have dinners together and nobody would talk. And um, I picked up something from John Gordon's energy bus where basically the, they, he talked about the greatest golf shot and people, people would go golfing and that one shot that they made would keep them coming back. And it translate that to your, your, your daily life, I would bring that home. And, and we started this thing called our favorite thing. And every day at dinner, the five of us, I have three kids, my wife, we would each pick our favorite thing. And it was a struggle at first, but now we're two years later and like everybody's got like eight things. They just pick out like the, the smallest of things and biggest of things that happened in the day that, that make them smile. And, you know, this whole, this whole growth that I've been able to achieve and transfer like would have never happened if I didn't learn more about all of these things. So are you, I think you answered this earlier, but somebody that's working a full-time job, you have a family. Sometimes as we get older, we find it difficult to be able to find time for learning. If I'm not mistaken, you said that you have an hour commute to work every day and that's where you're listening to your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are some of your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to? Um, well, actually, the list is growing quite quite a bit because I've been on, I think, about forty some interviews. So a lot of the the shows I'm on, including yours, like I'm I'm I've got a lot of episodes in my queue that I'm listening to. So um, don't be just closed off to. I'm not. I'm telling people like there's a lot out there, but. Um, I, I definitely get go to the School of Greatness, um, Ed Milet show, um, Sean Stevenson, his uh, model health show. Um, there's a lot of of great content. Those they they seem to have a lot more of the high profile guests. When I got started, that's all I could that's all I could get to. You know, I I didn't know. I was too proud to to be in that space. I did, I felt like it wasn't for me, but you know, I heard some interviews with Kobe Bryant. I heard interviews with uh, Terry Crews. I heard interviews with Jim Carrey. Just people I couldn't relate to. I'm not an athlete, an actor, but I knew who they were. So when you hear the interview with someone that, when I heard the interview with someone that I felt like I knew or could relate to, then I eventually would get into 
you know, the Andrew Huberman's and the, 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 the more professional, um, uh, I don't want to say opinion, but sometimes opinion, sometimes from their literature, it's, you know, so those, those podcasts, but not everybody has an hour commute. So to kind of add to that, I think that might be your next question, but like I'd come home and I'd, I'd talk to my wife and be like, Oh, you need to hear this thing or you need to listen to this or you need to listen to this book. And like, she doesn't have that kind of time. A lot of people don't have two hours a day to listen. And that's where a lot of like, you know, the stuff that I put out, the stuff that others put out, it's in like a condensed version where, you know, it's the, it's like the big message I'm picking up that I can share that, you know, maybe it's an hour episode that is, you know, a three minute video and you, we could fit more three minute videos in more so than we feel we could fit an hour. Right. So while, you know, some days I don't have that commute, I still try and, you know, listen to some short form stuff just to get the same benefit. What's something that has stuck out to you the most recently that you learned? Like when you heard, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I have to take this home with me. I have to share this, share this with the world." Um, I think the biggest thing is just still about habits. It is about, um, you know, we we've we all have heard, I'm sure, the 21 days, the 40 days. Um, but the biggest thing is that sometimes that needs to be a cycle. Uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Carolyn Leaf says that's a cycle. So you know, talking about not drinking or not smoking or not doing certain things, obviously those things are a lot harder for people than, than others. Mm -hmm. So like when I started and I was, I was trying these habit things out, I was brushing my teeth twice a day and it wasn't something that I did very well before. So I'd check mark the morning, check mark the night. I did it for the hundred days because I learned more about cycles. So, um, and then I did just something that stuck like I, I, I can't, I'll go to bed and I'll be like, Oh, I got to get up and I'll go do it. So like learning about habits, the, the cycle of the 21 days, give yourself a chance to, to go through maybe one or two or or more of those cycles to, to try and learn the things or unlearn the things that you're working on. The habits that we're building. It's really, it's going to show us where we're going to be a couple years from now, five, 10 years. And being able to understand that will, one, make a person more aware, but two, make them a lot more intentional with the habits that they're building as well. And when people try to change, there's there's so much around habits. <laughs> there's there's mm-hmm. so much like there's habit stacking. Like you were just saying, like cycles. That was new to me. I've never heard of uh, cycles before. But at the end of the day, it's always just trying to figure out what's going to work best for you. Because the habits and the consistency goes hand in hand. So if you're listening to this right now, you're trying to pick up some new habits. By all means, you know, try to figure out what you what you want to do and test. Right. I, I'm in marketing. We do a, a lot of A-B testing, try to figure out which one's going to work the best for you, because we all operate slightly different. We all truly, truly do. So, Sean, for you and your and your cycles, how were those 21 day cycles or were they all 100 day cycles? Uh, they It started at a month, like when I first did right. dry January, uh, January's for 30, 31 days. Um, so it started at a month. So I would do a month at a time. And mm-hmm. when I did the first month, 
February is a short month. So it was almost, even though it was only two days shorter, it felt easier because, oh, this is a short month. I can get through it. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a 30 day cycle and it became easier because I could track it on the calendar and I'd flip the page and start over and just, it just keep it kind of that way. Um, so that it worked out that way. But, um, the other thing to add, uh, to, to a point earlier is that that can be a lot of pressure, right? That 30 day, 20 day, even like three day cycle can be a lot of pressure. And, and one thing I learned was we just need to ask ourselves better questions. And that question can be, you know, if we want to be a healthy person, the question can be as simple as would a healthy person eat this? Would a healthy person do this? Would a healthy person? So when we start to ask ourselves that question over and over, or, um, you know, if you want to be whatever, that question could be, would a firefighter do this? Would a skate skater do this? Like whatever that means to, to, to you, you then make the decisions based on what your belief of that person is. Mm -hmm. If you want to be an athlete, would an athlete binge drink all weekend? Well, probably cause we've seen it in the news, but for argument's sake, no, no, they probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. That athlete wouldn't do that. What would an athlete do? An, an athlete would exercise. Okay. So would an athlete eat this? No, an athlete would go for a walk, go for a run. So when we decide what we want to be and we ask ourselves those questions, it'll help us then make better decisions for the habits and stuff that we try to create because of it. Identity. Always trying to figure out what the identity is. I find myself doing that constantly especially my my biggest challenge is food <laughs> i'm not gonna lie my biggest challenge is food so i've been an athlete my entire life now i'm i'm starting boxing i've been boxing for about a year and a couple months now and my coach told me that i could easily be in like the 171 weight class you know 175 weight class 189 and i'm like 210 and it's, he was like, it's easy to cut. You just got to cut the food that you're eating. <laughs> and so every time I'm going to the grocery store, I'm hungry and I'm looking at something, I'm like, would a boxer eat this? But they put this in their system. So to go along with what you're saying, like, yes, it, it is the question that you have to ask yourself. You have to go a little bit deeper and ask yourself, put yourself in the identity of what you want to become. Even if, right, even if you don't want to be a high-level athlete, right? But a high-level athlete is a healthy, fit individual. So then you kind of have to ask yourself, would a healthy, fit individual eat this? Would they consume this? All things of that nature. So you know, if, if you're like, mm, well, I don't want to be LeBron. I don't want to be Messi. Like, <laughs> would, yeah. you, would you still want to be healthy? Like, what are some questions that you're asking yourself, Sean, like on a daily basis or a weekly basis, make sure you keep yourself in check? Uh, you know, my, the biggest one now, cause I've seen some growth is, is would the person I want to be do this? Like would, would me now not go for that walk or, or exercise Would the me now, like I'm, I'm, I'm using the person that, that I'm trying to be now instead mm -hmm. of the LeBron example or the Messi. I'm, I'm saying, you know, do I want to lose a lot of this growth by not continuing what I'm doing. So does, does Sean now want to do this? Because otherwise the person that I was so upset with that I journaled about, that I wrote about and that I shared, you know, that person's behind me kind of looking like, you know, I can come back. 
you know, so do so a lot of my questions now are, are around, you know, the person I used to be to the person I am now. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, to add to that, you know, we're never going to be the person that we used to be, you know, I'm not, that person's not going to creep up on me and then, and, and be there, you know, I may gain a little bit of weight back depending on what I'm doing at the time, but we never fail. We learn. Mm-hmm. So as we grow, we will never be the person we used to be because we've learned a better or we've, we've done better. We've done differently. And, and while it may be tough to continue or carry on every single day, we've at least learned as much that we can be better the next day. We're never going to be the person that we used to be. What advice would you, would you today in 2024 give yourself? 10 years ago. My biggest advice that I would give my who I used to be is that I don't have to fix it myself, that I don't have to bottle it up. Um, I never reached out to for any help when I started journaling. Like I said, it was it was in private. It was for me. And it was all because I felt like I couldn't talk about it. It was all because I felt like I just had to fix it. I had to suck it up, be a man, all those things and just deal with it. But 10 year old, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I, I needed to know that it was okay to, to talk. It was okay to be open and, you know, therapy, all those things, it's there for a reason. And it's not there. It's not there when you have, you know, worst case scenario, because we don't have to wait until the absolute worst case scenario to work on ourselves and to be better. We don't need a diagnosis. We don't need an incident. We don't need, um, you know, something awful happen in order to change, right? We can do that anytime we want. And I needed to hear that even five years ago. So that, that would be the, my biggest thing. Sign to wrap up here a bit today. One question I always love to ask people. Because as you say, we're not we're not the same person as we used to be, but we're still learning, we're still growing. We have different aspirations as we continue to, to grow and mature in life. What was success to you 20 years ago? What is success to you today? Success to me 20 years ago, I thought it was all about money. I thought it was all about accolades. I thought it was about, you know, me individually. Success to me today is teamwork. Success to me today is is resources, is in family and friends and and it it doesn't it doesn't mean much to me now to to be by myself and I don't mean physically, but you know, we're all doing the same thing. We're all in different parts of the same sort of journey and success to me today is sharing that wealth sharing that knowledge and encouraging anyone around me that that can pick up on it in a non-judgmental way because people will do what they do mm-hmm. success to me now is just sharing what i know what i've learned you know in a way that someone else might feel that inspiration and and you know start start doing something that that helps them mm. That's a leader right there. Love that. I love it. I love it. Sean, how can people find you and how can they support you? Um, 
Well, my biggest, uh, everything is out on my website, um, links to all my, my content, uh, seanrobinson.ca, uh, my books, uh, showcase there. I've got, I, I put all my podcasts and stuff, you know, linked through my website to, uh, to drive everybody to, to the creators and, and, you know, that way. And, and, and the other biggest thing to support me is just, just work on one thing today that, that makes you better. You know, that helps me because, because you can't be better if you don't start working on you. And, and that's what I'm working on for me. So I encourage everybody to do the same. That's true. Well, y'all, this has been another amazing episode. Sean, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your side to be with us today. Y'all, this has been another episode of Verified Phenoms. So we'll catch you on the very next episode. See ya. Thank you very much. <laughs>